Hello, I'm Andy Stevenson and welcome to another episode of A Winning Mindset, brought to you by the International Paralympic Committee and their long-standing and now worldwide Paralympic insurance partner, Allianz. Our aim is to introduce you to stories with Paralympians that will spark confidence in your everyday life. Stories of challenges, ups and downs, determination and excellence. This season we've been focusing on mental health and how to deal with setbacks. Get to know the true power of having the right team behind you and join us as we prepare you for what's ahead. And today we've got a first for you, two for the price of one, an Olympic and Paralympic couple where one partner has a disability and the other doesn't. Let's talk about teamwork with Canadian ice hockey and para-ice hockey husband and wife Billy Bridges and Sammy Joe Small, who have six Winter Olympic and Paralympic medals between them. So Billy, Sammy Joe, we've not had a couple on the podcast before, so this is an exciting moment. Thanks for being with us today. Thanks for having us. I think this is our first time doing a podcast together too. Now, before we go any further, I do have to bring up something very amusing here. I think I've spotted that your dog is snoring quietly in the background. And I just want to make sure that people at home listening to this are thinking, who on earth is that snoring? That one is so cheap. They're part pugs, so they, they do snore. They certainly snore. Is the other dog called something like Vancouver or Pyeongchang? Or? No, you'll like it. Her name is Backup. As in the backup dog, but also a backup goalie. Sochi and backup. That's brilliant. Yeah, I just wanted to make that clear in case people listening think, God, that Andy is so rude. <laughs> We've certainly never had a couple on who have uh, six Paralympic and Olympic medals between them, four world titles each. Um, we're going to talk about your ice hockey achievements and teamwork on the ice later. But... What about your teamwork off the ice? Billy, how did you how did you guys meet? The women's hockey team was always my my favorite sport, my favorite team. I was raised by two moms that raised me to love women's women's sport and uh women's hockey was always my favorite. I stayed up all night in during the Nagano or Olympics watching the women's team unfortunately lose those those games, but I remember Salt Lake City watching with my mom and it was just such an awesome moment. And we're both part of teams that won the Olympic and Paralympic gold in 2006. And through ceremonies and celebrations in Canada, I was able to meet the women's hockey team. And I was on cloud nine meeting them all. And and I was just obviously so excited. I met Sammy and she got me involved with the charity Right to Play. And we started doing some events together. And I'd like to say that I really won her over, but I think it was probably more a battle of attrition than she gave in. But certainly uh, an awesome Awesome way to meet your your future wife, that's for sure. And Sammy, is uh, is that how you remember it as well? Or was it love at first sight for you? Oh, uh, no, not at all. We, in fact, have a very different <laughs> <laughs> Genesis story between the two of us. Hockey Canada has what's called a ring ceremony for uh, champions from that year. And so we got to attend the same event. But I unfortunately don't really remember Billy. I remember the team. <laughs> And I, I mean, I, you know, you know, some of the people on the team and some of my friends had friends on their team, but my first real encounter with Billy was at the 2007 world championships for women were held in my hometown in Winnipeg and Billy and a couple of the other national team sledge hockey players were there doing a demonstration between periods. We didn't get to see it because we were involved in the championship game. However, my parents saw it and all my friends and family got to see it. And then afterwards, uh, one of my friends on the team, on my team, had competed in the Canada Games, which is a, a local event 
with Billy. And so she really introduced us in what I thought was our introduction. However, it turns out we had met before and done events together before. I love the fact that you're disagreeing right from the start of the interview. That's very promising for what's to come. First time I noticed him, I, I was I leave a lasting impression on those that I meet. Yeah. <laughs> now, I've been looking forward to speaking to you because I'm actually disabled myself and my wife isn't. So I think I'm going to empathize with a lot of your answers here. Billy, you have spina bifida and for you... What challenges does that combination of one partner being disabled and one partner being non-disabled create for you as a couple? Well, for me, it just creates a lot of opportunities. Sammy is my mule. I definitely married one of the the strongest women that I've ever met, which is, I think, my goal right from the get-go. But I, I mean, just like everything, you, you have to be a good team. And I feel like like Sammy and I are are a great team that way. And Obviously, I, I use a wheelchair around the house and, and we, we bought a house that we could put ramps in and, and refurbish and, and make it work so that I can uh, at least get some of the chores done. But it, it's a great partnership that, that has, you know, a, a lot of different aspects to it than, than probably most relationships, as you can probably relate to. Yeah, absolutely. Because I, I think sort of however hard, you know, you try and I'm talking now as to you, Billy, I suppose, as a disabled person and, and I'm the disabled person in the relationship, I suppose it's quite difficult to get to a point where there's a balance between how much maybe you're doing in, in the home and how much, say, Sammy Joe is doing in the home. I don't think that has anything to do with his disability. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> you, you mix in the disability with training during an Olympic year and exhaustion. Yeah, there, there is a, a definite balance gap for sure, which, you know, you, you try to compensate in other areas. We have a a six-year-old daughter, and I make sure to try to to take on every chance that I have to to really take over there and, and try to be a good father and at least alleviate some of that uh, work for Sam. And how do you see the combination, Sammy Joe? And, and have you ever experienced any kind of negative attitudes or reactions towards it? I don't think I have. I mean, I Billy will say I'm oblivious to most things, I think, in my life. So I choose to sort of live in the positive and in the sort of happy-go-lucky world. But I don't think that we've ever encountered, that I've ever encountered discrimination for us as a couple. However, I do notice, I feel bad for Billy every time it happens, but I do notice that when we go to the airport or we go somewhere, people will often talk to me or give me things for him as if I am the caregiver. I don't know if it's because Billy was born with his disability, and that is certainly very different than a couple that has to go through a traumatic experience. I don't know if that changes our dynamic. I met Billy the way he was, and I have never really seen him as anything different. But you you take on your own tasks. And when we're wheeling through an airport or a mall and our daughter can sit on his lap and I don't have to carry her, I mean, that's a huge thing, right? <laughs> so it's like I have a built-in stroller with me at all times, which is awesome. So yeah, I mean, I guess... It would be different if I think people went through something to to change the dynamic in the relationship. But this is kind of the, always the way it's been. And I mean, I, I think I fell in love and you know met Billy on terms that I saw him as this incredible athlete, somebody who supported me in my journey and my professional career. And I couldn't have asked for really a better partner. Maybe I don't tell you that, enough, but <laughs> I think he compliments me in so many ways that you know have nothing to do with an able body and a disabled person. It is more that I'm a very A-type 
personality that likes to make lists and he's very spontaneous and keeps me laughing every day. So yeah, I think we work well together and sort of the yin and the yang in the relationship. Certainly it's developed. When I first met Sam, I still had very much so a mentality of like a lot of things would be impossible to do. And so they just never got done. Sammy has a mentality that is is so much the opposite that it's like no, no matter what the task is or the objective, let's find a way to make it work instead of always looking at the ways that it can't. And I don't know how she got through those frustrating years of me always just throwing out excuses and that must have been tough. But I think we kind of settled into our roles there after like really she kind of mentored me in my athletic career when we were first starting dating because she was the best athlete I'd ever known. And no, really, and that, that, that pushed me to, to be so much different and, and at least have those expectations then of myself because Sammy would always just ask why. Like, when, like why can't you get this done or why can't you do this? And if you can't, then, then change the scenario, change the scene and, and make it so that you can. I know this is maybe a, a sort of strange question to ask, but Billy, do you think that some of your teammates, uh, other wheelchair users or people with spina bifida who look at you as a couple may think, wow, Billy, you're incredibly lucky to have somebody like Sammy Joe there, the voice behind you, who's able to do all those things you've just described? No, I, 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 never, I never once felt like, like anyone that knew us um, ever had those kind of feelings, but I... I I did feel like a lot of people that knew us personally maybe raised their own expectations in, in, in themselves and what they should look for in a partner, you know, if I can be so bold as to say that, because like I, I too, am one of those people that feel that I'm so incredibly lucky to have someone like Sammy in my life. I really feel like before that, it, it just didn't seem kind of attainable for me. I don't, <laughs> I'm going to inflate her head so big here. But and so I, I I don't know if maybe that kind of rubbed off or translated into the people that I knew and the expectations that they had for their life and their future and 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 what they can achieve as well. I do notice when we go to like sledge hockey tournaments or we meet young sledge hockey players and specifically their parents really see in Billy a role model for their children. You know I think they had certain expectations when you first have a baby and they think those expectations are going to be different. So, you know, the fact that Billy is a husband and is a dad, I think it really brings, it gives them different expectations of their children as well, that they can achieve their dreams. They can go to school. They can still be uh, valuable members of the community. So I do see that amongst parents of young people with disabilities when they meet Billy. Like they want to know all about the ins and the outs of how are you a father to your daughter? Like, how can you play with her? Those kind of things that, you know, I think are just part of Billy's every day. But me as an outsider, it's like, yeah, he really is this incredible role model to parents that maybe see their life differently after meeting him. Sammy, how important do you think communication is for teamwork? Oh, I think it's incredibly valuable. I work full-time as a professional speaker and I would venture to say that Billy is more of a one-on-one speaker, doesn't necessarily love the big crowds, but is so gregarious and outgoing in settings. And that wouldn't necessarily be my cup of tea. So in terms of communication skills, we come at our relationship from very different angles. So I think that that's been really good for each of us because I think it you know, pushes us in new directions, but also allows communication to, to flow. I mean, like every married couple, there's times when He's on the road and he's busy. I mean, I guess that's not every married couple, but um, 
where you are constantly trying to update each other and it is less about communicating about the actual relationship and you're more just, it's just as updates. So I feel like we certainly go through those times and have to make a conscious effort to sit down at every meal and see how the other person is doing and check in. And yeah, I mean, I feel like that is valuable to any team, let alone any relationship, but also understanding that the other person is coming at it from a whole different background, a whole different set of skills. And so attempting to meet them halfway, I think, isn't always the way it works. Sometimes one person has to do a lot more of the the workload at time, and then other times the other person has to do it. More from Billy and Sammy soon, but as we've been hearing, they are behind each other for what's ahead. Brought to you by Allianz, a long-standing and now worldwide Paralympic insurance partner of the International Paralympic Committee, we're introducing you to the people behind the Paralympians, the ones that spark their confidence and help them prepare for what's ahead. For Sammy and Billy, they have each other's backs. We asked both of them what it means to have someone who's truly behind you throughout all aspects of your life. I recently just had a hip replacement, so I feel like I was fairly bedridden for a while and still am uh, limping around. So I rely on Billy to do more of the quote unquote legwork in the relationship. (laughs) However, you know, I think there is certain times that it is the other way. And especially in an Olympic year, I mean, the Olympic years are always tough in the support role. But I think what I lived through on my on my team and the teams that I've been a part of, as we laughed about being a backup goaltender, I've often been in positions in a support role. So I think that all of those life lessons have allowed me to hopefully support Billy in the best way that I can and in a relatively non-judgmental way, but that doesn't mean that I don't always pass judgment, but (laughs) at least support him in a way that um, allows him to be the best version of himself when he's on the ice. Yeah, let's bring it round to the ice hockey because the, the Paralympic version was known as sledge hockey until relatively recently. How did you get into the sport, Billy? The case of serendipity, really, I grew up obviously before the era of YouTube and websites that you could just search for disabled sports. And we didn't really know which direction I could take athletically. I mean, I tried to play sports with all my friends growing up playing soccer at recess and everything and playing street hockey. But obviously, you know, street hockey leads to my friends all going to play ice hockey with with their teams and and they're all busy. And I got kind of lost a little bit. I started uh, skateboarding. I really like to skateboard on my crutches. And you got into punk rock. And punk rock, yeah. I was in a death metal rock. band. And, you know, anyway. We might not have been married <clears throat> if we had met at that time. Yeah, <laughs> but it was one of those moments. I was skateboarding downtown Guelph, which is the town that I was kind of living in at the time. And there, it was illegal to skateboard. And so we used to get in trouble all the time. And I was skateboarding down the street downtown. And, and this older lady was screaming at me from across the street, Hey, hey, you! And I was like, oh, here we go. I'm going to get in trouble again. So I got off my skateboard right away. And then she came over and I started just apologizing and trying to walk away. And she's like, no, 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 come here. What uh, what disabled sports do you play? You play wheelchair basketball? And I, I had no idea what this woman was even talking about. And then she points across the street um, to her grandson. She's like, that, that is my grandson, Brad, Brad Bowden. He plays wheelchair basketball and he plays sledge hockey and we play in Kitchener. You're going to come too. And she just almost really didn't make it an option for me. And, you know, my, my mom works full time. She's super busy. I don't know if I can get there. And she's like, oh, we'll come get you. So she would drive an hour to pick me up and then drive me the hour to Kitchener for wheelchair basketball. 
practice. And then, you know, she just kept on doing that and, and never stopped, really. It was pretty incredible. Her name was Colleen. From wheelchair basketball, we had a great coach, uh, Jeff Penner, who played uh, in some Paralympics himself. And he made sure that every single athlete, every single kid, got a, a wide range of skills um, to any sport and not not just sports. It, like he would he would bring us to his place and, and teach us how to go like water skiing or get into a boat or cook meals. And like he, he very much was all about empowering disabled kids. And it, I was pretty lucky to have those two people in my life. And Jeff showed us sledge hockey. And I remember when I first got on the sled, it weighed about 50 pounds. It was like solid steel tubing and it had a uh, hockey skate tucks like the plastic that's under a normal hockey skate with the blades on it just drilled into a piece of plywood that was on the steel frame and it was so rudimentary and we had uh, able-bodied hockey sticks that had these jumbo picks on the bottom of them but it was amazing like I got out of my crutches sat in this sled strapped myself in and I was just instantly on the same level same playing field as my able-bodied father who played for years with me and and all my friends and anyone who came out, we we're all on the same playing field. And in fact, I had obviously the bigger advantage because I used my my arms for crutches to walk to school and to do every single thing all day, every day. Who knew that I was actually training so hard for the sport before I even got into it. But I remember that first first push out onto the ice and just how incredible that feeling was of feeling the wind on my face without being on a skateboard and horrified that I was going to fall. And, uh, you know, I got to play my favorite sport. You know, it was just so much fun right away to be a part of a, a team sport that, that we could all do and that I really could excel at. And I do owe it all to, to Colleen and Jeff, for sure. Wow, it makes me think that we should all try to be a little bit more Colleen. It's an incredible story. And I hope that people can appreciate just how special a moment that was to go from not being able to really take part in the sport that you loved and that your family loved, and then suddenly, as you say, being able to get out and essentially play ice hockey. And quite a few of the interviewees on the podcast have talked about that feeling of when they're playing their sport, it's like their disability sort of disappears and it's where they feel most comfortable. Is that how you felt too, Billy? Oh, absolutely. It was a pain-free experience. It was, it was on a machine or an apparatus that was built for a disabled person and and certainly was empowering and freeing right away and and you know there's probably something that's also similar in every single story that you hear is that there's always a person no one gets into these sports usually by themselves they don't, they don't generally just kind of find it they all have a person and and what was incredible about Colleen is that that, that wasn't a chance experience for her she, every single day that she was out she was always on the prowl she's always looking I don't know if it was just her MO to change people's lives or empower them, but you know, she, she would make a conscious choice every single day to try to try to reach out to these people and, and get them involved. And, you know, what was a serendipitous chance for me was just a mindset for her and, and how important that is to, to try to pass that on to future generations. Billy, you touched on mindset there and empowering people. So how important is it to get behind each other for what's ahead? I'm thinking maybe of when one of you's having a tough time at work, if I can put it in those everyday terms. How is that from your perspective? And Sammy, say if Billy had disappointments, how are you able to support him? And was it a big advantage to you that essentially you did the same job? Well, I think in the end, it has become a huge advantage. I think initially, when we were both on our respective teams, it was easy to support each other because we both 
had the same goals. When I was cut from the team in 2008, I continued to play professional hockey, but I certainly struggled for a couple of years after that because I still wanted to be on the team. The national team in Canada has very few retirements. You generally get cut from the team. So when I was watching the Vancouver Olympics, and that was my first Olympics in our relationship, it was really hard for me to be there and to be in that moment with him because I desperately wanted to be on the ice also. So, you know, I think I've learned over the years how to support and how to separate those two, but also just time for me has healed those wounds that has allowed me to then use the lessons that I've learned throughout my career and also realize what my parents went through for so many years and all the people in my life that supported me and were there for me in good times and bad and just had that unconditional support and unconditional love. And that's what I try to show to Billy that I don't care how he does on the ice. I simply want him to be happy. I don't care if their team wins or loses. I just want him to be proud of his accomplishments and proud of what he's done on the ice and how good of a teammate he can be to the people around him. His last Paralympics, I wasn't able to be there in Pyeongchang because our daughter was really young, but the Sochi Olympics, I was there and to see him come away with the medal was was amazing for him. But I think the thing that I took the biggest pride in was how he shared that moment with his teammates and his younger teammates that you know hadn't been in that moment before. Just I think how he had grown as an athlete and grown as a leader and grown into somebody that I just was so incredibly proud to see him not just be the best player on the ice. I mean, I'm definitely biased when I say that, but but also one of the most encouraging teammates. And I was really proud of that. It, you know, obviously being in a support role now is is different, but I think most of your listeners can attest to the fact, especially the ones that are parents, that this is a role that we all play in our lives. And it could be in a workplace environment where, you know, maybe you're not giving the big presentation, but Uh, you've put a lot of work into that presentation and it needs to be really great. And what you do matters. And, you know, on a daily basis, if, you know, Billy's exhausted at 830 at night and goes to bed and, you know, lunches have to be made, but it's his turn to do lunches. There isn't the, the me versus him mentality. It's like, no, we're in this together. And if I can just step up and do the little things to help his day be a little bit better and be help him be a little bit better on the ice, then I feel like that's a success for me and a win for us as a family. And the joy that he gets in playing the game is something that I still share. I, I, I still play a ton of rec hockey and um, I still really love it. I play as a forward and I'm terrible, but Billy and Kenzie came to watch me play on uh, Sunday and it just meant the world to me. You know, like it was just so much fun to have them there and be able to gain his insights. And he doesn't laugh at me too much on the ice. It's really interesting because I know that you goaltended, didn't you, for some of Billy's teams during their practice? Well, the first time, remember the first time I got a brand new helmet and uh, the helmet was just a little bit smaller on the chin and first shot in practice and Billy just cranks me in the the neck. And I mean, it's just a a normal thing in goaltending, right? You don't even think about it and you just move on and okay, I couldn't breathe for a little bit, but I was fine and you move on with practice and like Billy could barely contain himself. I think he was more upset that anything so oh yeah i think we're the opposite kinds of competitive too billy is never wants to compete with me and uh, i think just always wants to show sort of unconditional love meanwhile i'm always like let's go let's let's go (laughs) figure it out and yeah it's like i want him to like compete more with me 
you've led me to this question then because I you know I I, I didn't want to ask this question unless you led me to it which is that I mean goaltenders in ice hockey are are nuts aren't they really I mean there is a certain crazy streak to put yourself into that position where the pucks are being fired at you at god knows how many miles an hour sure you've got all the gear on and everything but still it's frightening and then obviously sledge hockey in itself is pretty frightening to watch as well it's a brutal sport it's you know it's right up there with you know wheelchair rugby in terms of the kind of crash bang wallop nature of the sport so are you both quite are you both quite fearless in your own ways and does that kind of spill over into the rest of your life yeah it's funny having this question in the same conversation that I was talking about skateboarding and maybe that is why I have been that fearless competitor on the ice when you watch the game sometimes especially you know previously previous years like 10 years ago like it, it was nothing but huge hits and, and everything was just you know it was so physical and, and so crazy but I just attacked it every single time and do become that, that you know that that fearless monster that you know, almost has as many penalty minutes as I do points. And I have like 430 points. So that can, you know, tell you how, uh, how vicious I used to be. But on that, the game has come so much further. And how about you then, Sammy? You're a goaltender. You've got to be fearless, surely. People often call goaltenders crazy, but I, I think I came at it from a different angle because I was a young girl playing a sport where girls were not allowed. And really goaltending was the only opening for me. To me, I'd rather get hit with this little six ounce piece of rubber than a huge six foot five guy in the corner. Because I played men's hockey growing up and really didn't have the option, to me, it seemed like the safer. So I would say that I'm actually probably the opposite of Billy. I step on the ice and I'm a very calm goaltender. I had zero penalty minutes. Billy will come, used to come watch my games oh. and people would be all over me hacking me and I wouldn't even notice. You know, as I mentioned earlier, I feel like I'm. I'm very focused and oblivious to everything else going on, but then get me off the ice and I'm super competitive and I want to win. And I, you know, we play cards and I have to beat our six-year-old daughter. And I know, Sammy, you, you run your hockey school and you're trying to get more young girls into hockey. And, and I guess that's another opportunity to teach the importance of what we've been talking about, teamwork and communication and, and supporting each other. Yeah, the best part about the hockey school is actually every Thursday, uh, Billy brings out 20 sleds and all the girls get to play sledge hockey. For me, what is so impactful about that is Billy's an instructor the entire time. So he's the only boy allowed on the ice. So the girls get to know him. Initially, it is different having a sled on the ice, especially the little little tiny ones that are just following him around all the time. But then when they get to try it, they see just how incredible he is. But more than that, they go to their schools and they talk about disabled sports to their peers. And it really sort of spreads that awareness about the Paralympic movement and about Paralympics, but also about the incredible athletes that they are. And actually, one thing that strikes me while I listen to you is how much of this is filtering down to your own daughter, not just the hockey stuff, but all of the stuff about your relationship as a disabled person and a non-disabled person. Kenzie must be picking up some incredible life lessons from a very young age. I love that because she's grown up with Billy, it is just so normalized. Mm -hmm. And there isn't ever, you know, a question if she's climbing all over Billy's wheelchair in public. For her, I feel like that is just, that's just daddy. That's just who he is. That's a part of who he is. She seems to be, now she's only six, but she seems to be, definitely more aware of other people and more empathetic towards the fact that everybody has a story and that everybody has different backgrounds and 
you know, she's start, starting, she's at the point now where she's starting to really ask about differences amongst people, but never once has asked about the difference between mom and dad. That's not even a question. Like it just, that's just part of our relationship with her and that's who she knows. And yeah, she will often make concessions to make sure there's enough room for daddy's wheelchair or let me go get daddy's wheelchair at the top of the stairs for him. It's really special to see because I think that just exposure is so huge for kids. Yeah, because actually children just accept things, don't they? And allowing her to ask the questions at any point, obviously we're definitely prepared for, but it's one of those things that I think because it's just so normalized for her, it will be a part of her journey in school for sure. And she got her first vaccine yesterday and a little boy from her school was there and said, I've seen your daddy pick up you at school. And of course, everybody knows the one man in the wheelchair that is coming to pick up their six-year-old. So yeah, she is going to be singled out in different ways because of that. But she just ran with it and she's like, oh, my daddy, you know him? It just was really cute to see. So. Yeah, I, I can't wait until she's a little bit older and then she actually understands how big the Olympics are and then gets to tell everybody who yeah, mommy right, is. And... Right now, that means nothing to her. And in fact, she hates hockey. Yeah. And just finally, what would you both say to anyone listening who either is a couple, some sort of team, maybe a bunch of colleagues are struggling with that sense of teamwork and cohesion? What advice would you give to somebody in that situation? The message that I I talk a lot about in my presentations is, you know, playing your role to the best of your ability. And I just recently published a book about my 10 years on the national team. And in the book, talk a lot about playing different roles at different points in your life and to really acknowledge and realize that we are not all placed in the roles we want to be in. But, you know, playing your role matters. It matters to yourself and it matters to the success of the people around you. But on that as well, when there is disappointment and life doesn't turn out the way we want it to, there is time to be able to grieve for that and to allow yourself those moments to, you know, maybe want it to be different or want it to change, but then very quickly be able to pick yourself up and think, you know, how can I support the people around me? And and sometimes when you're going through tough times or times are difficult, you can live vicariously through other people's big moments by being a part of them and by sharing in them. And I know for me, being a part of Billy's hockey journey has meant a lot to me and being able to play just a small role in his his journey allows me to live those big moments with him as well and to feel a part of it. So I think anytime that you're struggling, look around you because there's so many people that need your help and, and can value you as a person and value your knowledge. I guess that would be my advice to, to teams is to really find the value in every day. I think it's it's placing the importance on the day-to-day and changing your goals to not just be that big picture because like Sammy said, sometimes you're, you're not going to be the player that takes the big shot or, or the, the person who gives the big presentation or or gets the bonus, but maybe if you feel stagnant or, or that you know the company can be better, then be a part of the change um, to make it better. If you see something or someone that could could use a hand, you know, to, to actually reach out and do it, be be like Colleen. Try to always look around and and see what's around you and, and see ways that you can make it better. You know, and, and most of the time, those ways that you can make your your company your team better, oftentimes don't you know don't give you personal success, you know, the, the team and the company's success will always trickle down to your happiness and your goal setting and, and, the, and how you can achieve those goals as well. Wise words there from Billy Bridges to bring this episode of A Winning Mindset to a close. That was great fun. I really enjoyed that conversation. Even the dog snoring 
was amusing as well. Thanks to both Billy and Sammy Joe Small for being so candid about their ice hockey exploits, but also their relationship. Hopefully you picked up a lot of things there about teamwork and communication and helping other people any way you can, both in your professional and personal life. Our guest next time will be Sebastian Margenheim, a Paralympic wheelchair basketballer for Germany, who changed career paths to become an employee of our very own podcast partners, Allianz. We'll discuss confidence and reinventing yourself, both in sport and in the workplace. Please do subscribe, rate and review this podcast wherever you listen. 